We all get stuck at some point, whether it's personal, business, or work. We're here for you. I'm your host for today, and I'm Gustavo Liu. Welcome to this episode of Kazi, where we believe the arrival of any crisis also brings many opportunities, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship. Today, guests um, are Jose and Athira. Welcome. Well, this is a podcast um, that is jointly recorded, and today I'll be hosting, uh, I have the privilege of hosting you guys. So Jose um, needs no further introduction. He is a certified trainer. He's also an innovator and very involved in the startup ecosystem for the past couple of years, um, and is also a venture partner. And I've also have Athira, who is a content creator, storyteller, and currently an office manager and marketer at VR Collab. So how are you guys? How is your um, weekend treating you so far? We're good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. Yeah, thank, it's a good thank, weather today, actually. Oh, yeah, the yeah. weather is uh, <laughs> the best time to snuggle in the, on the couch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's jump right in. Um, Jose, you and uh, met Asira a couple of years ago. So you, you, know, just, you guys had a very interesting story. Um, how did you guys meet? Um, so basically, this story Athira goes back like four years ish plus ago. Yeah, would you tell the the uh, listeners what happened? Yeah, wow, time flies, man. Four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we were at a networking event, and I met Jose from uh entrepreneur friend, who he knew that I was looking for a job, and at that point of time, I was just doing really really cheap writing gigs, uh, and I was still working for like, like a very low pay, but I was, I wanted to find a job, which is, uh, towards writing and creating content, which was, which is my passion. And then this guy said like, I know this guy, he's looking for, uh, someone to write for him. And then that's how I actually met Jose. And at that point of time, Jose actually told me like, that's great that you want to come on board, but I actually can't pay you I don't actually have like the money it was a startup and very very early stage startup in um that as you know like entrepreneurs like most startups. startups yeah yeah they don't sometimes when you're when you're starting out you don't actually have the most funds yeah so, but you yeah, get the idea point. was to go lean yeah the idea was to go yeah. really lean uh, yeah and she was kind enough to believe in the same vision as uh for our startup yeah that's right was that well that's interesting because um like when you're starting a business and you don't have you know everybody's telling you that whatever you're building is not gonna work out and you know you're looking for funding and you're looking for people who believe in you that vision and that sort of dream it's it's very important isn't it the, the ability to storytell yeah the ability to actually share the vision and share the direction and and of course when you share you share with a lot of drive and a passion that yeah. how much you believe in and people the audience that you're pitching to they can sense that amount of devotion from you. Yeah. I guess uh, that was how I got the uh, Athira a little bit hooked. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially yeah, her as a, as a copywriter, right, Athira? Like when you are, especially you, how was, what was your first impression when you heard um, Jose's vision? I mean, I love what he was doing. And I, it was the way that he t- uh, told the story of like how he, what the startup is all about and why he's actually creating this whole thing and then like you can tell like it can it just showcase him as a person and i just knew that okay this is the person that i want to work for and work with you know like moving forward 
and I think that itself brought me to loving storytelling itself because previously I was more of like just oh just a content creator yeah. but then like Jose's ability to tell a story make me um, learn more about like this whole area and like the the ability the psychology behind how you want to tell a good story and influence people that was amazing so yeah. I certainly agree with that because I've seen Jose pitch right um <laughs> Uh, last year, maybe <laughs> theory I wouldn't know, but like last year we were in a, uh, I was representing one of the judges of the Korean government when they were looking yeah. at the accelerator and Jose just stood up there and, you know, pitched a, a story. So Jose, what is your secret? Like what is, if you could give the audience an advice, um, like how would be a good, like, you know, a, a sort of good storytelling? Yeah. So first of all, we have to tell the listeners that I didn't know Gustavo was one of the judge, one of the panelists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I went in prepared and to be honest, I, I, was, I just got recruited into the startup uh, less than 36 hours. I received yeah. the first text say, hey man, we don't have a country hate to lead this in Singapore because the entire team's in Korea. It's ideation stage, uh, but they are about to announce their angel round. Why not you come in and pitch for this particular pitching competition, which is a really huge one. We leave it to Gustavo to, to name the official name of the pitching competition. It's a really huge one from Korea. Yeah. And so uh, I had about a couple of hours the night before the morning to prepare on my pitch. The morning I went there, I go up, I stood up, I walk into the door and <laughs> I saw Gustavo. So I was a bit taken aback because I know, we know Gustavo before the pitching competition, but I didn't know he was there as a panelist. Yeah. Uh, but to answer you, Gus, is um, when, when I go into a scenario about telling a story, I really focus on telling a story. Like, I, I don't think I'm very good at pitching. I, I don't think I'm very good at presenting. But if I do my best to understand certain things, I'll try to deliver it like I'm a storyteller. Yeah. Like, why are we doing this? Why this now? And what does this got to do with you? And how can I relate the connectivity between all this and this story that I'm sharing and how am I playing in this story as well? Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Like that, that personal um, understanding and connect, connection, right? Because we all want to be relating to the person who is telling that story and we want to see ourselves as part of that story. And I think this is why Athera on the first encounter with you um, it's a skill, right? Like where the, whoever you're conveying that vision has to be able to relate to that and see themselves as part of that. And that is what kind of draws her to, to you to work together. Was that company Bounty or was that a separate company before that? Wait, hey, that, that pitching thing that... The, when you were um, sort of... The first startup we worked oh, together. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> sorry. We, did, we didn't really tell the audience and the listeners what was going on for the first startup. So it was, yeah. uh, it's a pet service marketplace where we connect, uh, where we connect the pet uh, owners and the pet business owners, uh, whether it's dogs, cats, birds, fishes, ex-boyfriends. <laughs> uh, so anybody looking for services, we just connect them. So it's a service marketplace. Uh, and it's called Kazi. Well, Kazi has pivoted. How is it pivoted or <laughs> to become a podcast? Uh, reinvented yeah. itself, right? That reinvented, is yeah, a podcast. And yeah, and that connectivity was digital. How how many years ago was that? That was Athira. That was in 2017, 2016. 2017, 2017, around 2017, there. 2017. 
and yeah. and obviously we raised some money for that one. We we're going very lean. We spent a lot of money trying to reiterate the product development, uh, but it, it didn't it didn't go to the level that we wanted it. And halfway through, another idea came in. I'm okay. not so sure whether we can tell the audience, uh, which is the esports startup idea came in. And okay. I was talking to the team whereby should we just do two at the same time or we should just focus on one. In yeah. the end, the decision was made among the team. Uh, me and Atira, most of it, we decided to, you know what, all the way out and focus on which later known as Bounty. Okay. So going back to that sort of social connectivity and all of that, because obviously uh, Bounty went on to become a very successful in terms of fundraise, but also in terms of product development. Um, for those listeners that are interested to find out, you know, search Jose Asira's um, LinkedIn and you'll find a lot more about Bounty. But my focus will be more on that first startup because mm, mm. that first startup tells a lot of story. And obviously, during that period of time, um, the digital space was not that much in need, right? But in today's environment where um, this sort of social distancing takes place, and the whole coronavirus situation it is, we saw a spike of people wanting to go digital. Yeah. Or they're forced to go digital. Um, yeah. They didn't have a choice. Yeah. Do you still see an opportunity for that business to have a comeback? To, to, to be honest, I think we spoke about this uh, internally. I think I have a chat with you, Gustavo. Uh, in 2017, much of the frustration that me and the team, uh, me and Atira faced was that we literally went up to every pet shop, can be a bird store, can be a, you know, a grooming center for dogs and cats. Yeah. We were encouraging them to download our app using the app to accept payments and inquiries. Yeah. You know, uh, of course, connecting with some uh, third party, a local company with their API. So transaction can be made. Inquiries can be Which made. Which is, by the way, very relevant today. <laughs> so It wasn't see, relevant back then though. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, I know. Yeah. So when timing is everything, right? <laughs> it's a bit of luck, a bit of timing. Yeah. When we were juggling between Kazi and Bounty, we know that could never happen. And very slowly, we decided to, you know what? That's it. Let's go all the way out for Bounty. But that was the beginning of time. But we see more and more retail start downloading Grab app, you know, um, uh, Fave. So as, as you mentioned, the timing was too early, premature, yeah. for me as a disruptor to go in. And I yeah. went in as a small house fly. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to convert or... Uh, yeah. How was the, how did people receive, I mean, this question will go to Ethereum because you were doing the copywriting and you were trying to uh, write out the story and the vision, all of that, right? And design the marketing direction, all of that. How, were, how was it received in the beginning? I wouldn't, I would say it was really difficult and in, in two parts where like for the business owners, they were, they're the, not the, they're the ones that are not um, receiving it. But I feel like for the customers, yeah. they, they will be more accepting and more adaptable because like there's two different age groups. Like the businesses are very, very traditional. They, they, that's how they've been doing it for like years and years. But then for the customer, they are willing to try out new things. Yeah, and of course. If, if it brings them like convenience, of course, they're gonna, they, they will go for it. So it was more of like, ed, a lot of it is about educating people. Yeah. yeah. It always starts there, right? When you introduce yeah. a new system, you kind of have to educate and, and build that audience interest and understanding as well. 
Yeah, so <laughs> the hard part was educating the business owners about like the benefits of being on yeah. that platform. So yeah. it was two front that we had to take on. First, we have to educate the, the end consumer, which is the pet owners. And of course, we face more, we face more challenge from the business owner themselves because they have been doing that kind of businesses the way they did for so many years. Why would they want to convert or pivot? But also, right? I mean, you mentioned that you, you guys fundraised a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, how was that received? And I know this was probably mostly like Jose, like, and, uh, you know, like going out there and talking to investors. How, was, how did the investors laugh at you? Or, or was it... Laugh at you. So was it, um, we, yeah. uh, obviously, we went to uh, speak to advisors and mentors. Uh, back then in 2016, I would say safely, at least in Singapore, uh, the ecosystem down at Launchpad was a little bit more vibrant. Yeah. Not to offend anyone, I'm just speaking the truth. Back in 2015, <laughs> yeah. 2016, it was definitely more vibrant, <laughs> yeah. more accelerators, uh, more funding was, was happening. Yeah. Uh, and I went around, I, I was taking opportunity, went around to different accelerators, incubators. I was pitching to the mentors, trying to get us incubated, trying to get us accelerated, and also speaking to angels as well. You know? um, and every time I go for a pitching competition, I, also, I was also exposing Kazi to... VCs, but obviously VCs, uh, principals and venture partners will never be there. Who yeah. will be there? The interns, right? The, the analysts that they send yeah. to the forefront. Yeah. Uh, there were, uh, of course, there were a lot of skepticism, pets. Yeah. How do you make money out of pets? Yeah. No, it's not a big, it's not a critical mass market. Yeah. Uh, it was difficult. So at the end of the day, we could only raise money from people who want to see this happen. Who and are I, these people? I, yeah. Pet lovers. No advertisement here. No advertisement. But in in all seriousness, I th- I I'm, I've actually come to believe after advising so many startups that there is no such a bad idea, such a thing as a laughable idea. Everything that we laughed about it la- thirty years ago, today it's actually come true. And I think there's no such a thing that it will not come true, no matter how ridiculous um, people think it is. Um, it you know, mark my words. I think it would definitely, it's just a matter of timing and with the right execution and the right group of people. If you told me that 30 years ago, I would jump on a stranger's car, I would laugh at you, right? Like most people would have, I would go into somebody else's house and sleep in the house. That would be like totally laughable. So I think, I mean, even with the pet business, um, and if you funny enough, if if you look at where do people spend a lot of money, given an ecosystem and environment like Singapore, um, pets is actually drives a lot of uh, revenue for a lot of businesses. Yeah, true. Especially like marketplaces today. Yeah, of course, of course. So like you mentioned, like timing was really crucial and yeah. we, we, we could have started a little bit maybe too early in that window in that sense. And if we hold out, we could have enjoyed that, that bandwidth when it was open to us. But then again, you know, like many other people, oh, if only I knew... But because Bounty came in the same time, and Bounty did quite okay in the first uh, few months of fundraising as well. And yeah. I was very much active, involved in, in fundraising. Atira, she was going all the way out on the marketing aspect. So yeah. that actually helped to increase this probability uh, of his fundraising, success uh, rounds of fundraising. Yeah. And you and Athira um, stuck together for a very long time. Yeah. It's very seldom that you see people who have worked in one startup and then they continue to work together 
in mm. subsequent startups, but right? because yeah. everything goes wrong in a startup, and in yeah. the first earlier years, when it falls apart, it's like you cannot ruin things. What What is that kept you going, Asira? For me, it's again like I believe not in the startup. I mean, I do believe in the startup, but more specifically, I believed in Jose as a person. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I think those people that stuck together it's because of the relationship, the yeah. friendship that's there. And like if you startups fail, like a lot of businesses fail. But I feel if you you need to be able to like um differentiate with business and personal relationship, which is something that not a lot of people can do. It's like if you you become business partners and something happens along the road and then like you just you see each other as enemies, which yeah. is something that we yeah. we both because Jose has strength that I don't, and I have strength that he doesn't, and yeah. we work really well together. So like that's why that's also another that reason complimentary why we're yeah. complimentary yeah. personality yeah. and everything. What about you, Jose? What was it that kept you um, sort of wanting to work with Asira? I think this. I believe in trust, and trust comes. Uh, it's nurtured over time, right? And you got to be really comfortable to work with the person. Uh, to, to receive tasks and assignments from that person you're working with, but to also to delegate. And you okay. trust that the person is accountable and responsible. And the skill sets also complement each other. It's quite diverse. Yeah. Uh, in this case, that is the truth between me and Atira. But I think what, in a nutshell, I would say that is the, the true reason that allowed us to stick together for so many years. After several rounds of different environments, different startups, and now doing this podcast together, Yep. It's because I think we have the same, somehow, the same belief system, like the principles, mm. the thing we believe in. These are the things that we will not touch, we will not do. It's against uh, what we believe in. So in that sense, we are pretty aligned. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to touch on a very shaky, dangerous ground here. Oh, so no. could you tell, share, share with us one incident that, that happened and almost caused you guys to kind of, you know, f- fall apart. Because it's real. That is a tr- that is, has it ever happened? Um, I'm not sure about Jose, but there was, uh, we, there's a part where I wouldn't say it, uh, our relationship would like break. I know where you're going. <laughs> but I, I mean, there's a lot of instances where like, it's because we don't uh, communicate. So I'm not sure where, what Jose is thinking, but I, then we I, did have uh, e-commerce uh, business that we both wanted to start together. Yeah. Um, but it failed. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. But I remember like, uh, I was feeling like, oh shit, this is gonna, this is gonna uh, cause some issues between me and Jose. And then I was so afraid to tell him like what's going on, like how I'm feeling, like what's happening, like telling him like, okay, this is going to fail. Yeah. And then, like, that whole miscommunication and, like, me just keeping things to myself, I felt like if I were to, like, prolong that, we might have not um, stay friends, I guess, oh. in a way. But, yeah, this is something that I didn't even tell Jose, like, yeah. how I felt. So, yeah. how, did you, how did you overcome that? How did you, how did you guys, because obviously you guys now are, like, best of best, right? But, like, mm-hmm. at that point in time, because that is the, um, well, you know, the inflection point where friendships and co-founders and they kind of just fall apart. But there was something there. There was a learning lesson that I think that we can all learn as, as part of the audience. How did you guys work through your issues? That particular communication. issue. For me, I just feel like it boils down to communication. Who started it? 
uh, I mean, obviously, because he's my business partner, I I feel like I have to tell him what's going on, like all the the good and the bad. So yeah. I just told him like, uh, actually, what happened was I WhatsApp him saying like, I need to talk to you about something bad, and then I just threw my phone away, and then I I, I was afraid of like what he would say. But it always starts somewhere like that. Yeah, right? yeah, you have to start somehow, right? Yeah. And Jose actually did like the human thing of like not answering through a WhatsApp message, not replying, but he actually just called me and then. He didn't ask about like uh, what happened, like what went wrong, but he asked like how are you. So it's that human interaction that like um made me feel a little bit better, and then like from there we were able to communicate better. So Jose, wait, hang on. The- I- <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, I I was afraid that she will bring up another incident, but I didn't know this incident because I didn't know you bring this thing up about the e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't. It didn't. I won't say it failed. It didn't take off the way we wanted it. And I didn't know that you took it to heart because I was like, okay, this is one of the, the lessons we learned and how can, what, what can we do from here? But, also- but, but what is more interesting is that you, when you received that text, mm. the first thing you asked her was, how are you? Rather than, you know, what, what is it? Like you touch on the issue. Um, I, I sense that uh, the, the numbers we're getting from the online traffic for e-commerce the numbers didn't come in the way we wanted it. Uh, I know that she was facing some stress. Prior to that, we had lunch at Timbo and she was telling me whereby she would do her best. And, uh, and so I, I sense the, the pressure is on her. But my responsibility as a partner is we are, we, we are on this together, right? So of course, within that same week, the WhatsApp came in and said, hey, I need to speak to you. That's not a good thing. So instead of like what's uh, replying to WhatsApp or asking about how's the business, obviously I want to know what was on her mind, how she doing as my friend, as my partner, like what's going on. I think that's the last thing I can do, right? As and and it is. I mean, you know, there's a whole long debate about whether social media and, and apps and all of that does it bring us more together or does it. Um, sort of keep us more apart. And the funny thing is when it comes to confrontation or, or at least to um, delivering a hard message, mm-hmm. it still doesn't beat picking up the phone and just calling that person, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That will clear mm-hmm. the air. Yeah. Because I see, I, I see a lot of people like just sending texts across each other and they're trying to explain over like massive essays. And, yeah. you know, I create yeah. more understanding. And sometimes, like, the message can be, like, perceived wrongly through, like, the, the text yeah. message. Because the tone isn't there. Asteria, did you expect him to call? Or did you, like, what, were you surprised that he called? Uh, yeah, I was surprised that he called. Because I, I, I didn't know, I didn't even preempt him what it's, like, what it's about. But um, I just, I was kind of, like, trying to think of, like, okay, how am I going to message him, like, if he were to reply a certain way. So, uh, expecting the call was like totally unexpected. Yeah. yeah. You well, see, if you, if, if you compare this scenario to a relationship that you want to add it off with another person and you say, you know, hey, I need to speak to you. So, meaning I'm the person who want to initiate the breakup. But think of this. That is when you're like, call oh, back. Oh, the person <laughs> call you back knowing <laughs> that, that you one. are going to break up and the person yeah. asks you, how are you doing? I know yeah. you want to break out with me. This is not on you. This is about me. I understand. So it's done. <laughs> Do not worry about it. We're still good friends. Okay. But were you, were, you, Jose, were you aware that this was such a big um, impact on Athera 
at that I, point in time. Yeah, I, I, I know she was pressurized, but I did not know until today she, she, she kept it. And that means yeah. that bothered her to today. And it was at a point where it almost cost you guys, to, like she was ready to walk away, right? I think I was being a bit distant and I think Jose could feel that, right? Yeah, we distant away because I was uh, overwhelmed with work yeah. at you know where so, <laughs> yeah, as well. Um, yeah, but I, to, be, to be honest, I, I didn't feel the, the, the distant away. Maybe she felt it, but I didn't. I didn't feel that I'm further away from her. Uh, she has many other projects that was ongoing that she was starting on, the, on, on, on her own as well. And I encourage her to be her own co-founder. I encourage her to go for it, you know. And whatever advice I can give, I will try. Give my insights, go for it. I'll provide you. No problem. Come to me. But I didn't know until today that she said it herself. That. So this was, thanks for that, Theo, because this example is, is perfect, right? Today, startups, especially for people who are just um, trying to start a business, they're looking for co-founders. And especially when you're looking for complementary skills, you need to rely on other people. And there will come a point where there's a lot of miscommunication. People aren't talking. Oh, yeah. And they're ready to walk away. And one of the best advice I would say is stop texting. Put your phone down and just call that person and treat that person as a human. It wouldn't matter whether their skills is a CFO or a CEO or the CTO of your company. It nothing beats a conversation. I mean, that is just personal experience. Yeah. What about you, Jose? I mean, you've, you've I, run so I, many companies. I, I, so I, I believe in this way of doing... Um, which is very personal, very a lot of uh, human touch, a lot of connectivity. Uh, maybe the processes is not very rigid. Unfortunately, contrary to what we are trying to preach or doing here, some entities, especially government-related agencies, they don't believe in such. It's the SOP via email, via email. So it's all about typing in and Actually, that is, a good, that, is a, that, is, that is an important point because how do you, like here is a balance between having things documented because there is a, the essence of liability and mm-hmm. taking care of, you know, everything that you can track and everything. But sure. when you have to balance that with the human touch of, you know, a lot of things are not so black exactly. and white, exactly. right? It's about chemistry. So how, yeah. you know, what we like, yeah, when it comes to a confrontation, if you and I were co-founders and I'm going to sue yeah. you, right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. we will need to have written proof and, and, you know, visual proof. Yeah. But settling this kind of co-founder disagreement, it's yeah. for you to pick up a call. Yeah. And there's a level of mistrust. If you knew that I was recording what you were saying. True. Yeah. What is your view on that? My, my, my view on that is whereby uh, that is definitely a strategy and a balance. Of course, yeah. this requires a little bit of street smart and wisdom on how you manage using the offline methods and the online methods, right? Yeah. Which is things that is um, off the record, thing which is in record. Let's say if you and I, we are about going to a settlement. We're going to write down what is a settlement and we both have our own attorneys, right? Yeah. Now, Gustavo, if I want maybe to expedite this, probably I'll give you a call offline with my attorney yeah. knowing, right? Yeah. And I'll call you and say, hey man, I know we have some, some issues between us. I know you want to solve it first. I want to solve it first. Before we go into the courtroom, before we issue up, send out the email, maybe I can give a heads up. I do want to settle this. Maybe we can work something in between. Yeah. Now, this is the best option for us from what I think. But what do you think? Yeah. So this is how I balance it. Okay. So you, you're, what you're saying is that you, you would want to have a chat with that person first before you take an action. 
um, like that, like, exactly. ex, like an exactly. actual professional yeah, action. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I don't see that. Like, I mean, I understand how where you're coming from, but if that two co-founders are very emotionally in that disagreement, True. I don't think very that good point. Work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what is I your view on that theory? Like, when you have, I mean, have you deal with somebody who is extremely emotional? It doesn't matter how you talk it through. It just that person just wouldn't take it. Yeah, I mean, I had a business uh, partnership with someone, and I think Jose knows about this story. Is we both when the partnership ended, it was really hard because we didn't want to talk to each other, and then like like again, it wasn't even through a phone call. Like I call, and then like wouldn't pick up, and then like she called, and I wouldn't pick up because we were both very busy. So we ended up through um, texting a lot. But the moment that we both met, which was the final final day that we met to just end it off, it was everything just blew up. And then we were just so bitter with each other. And then we said a lot of things that I think right now, when I'm calmed down, I wouldn't have said those things. And I'm pretty sure that she also wouldn't have said like the things that she said. So it's very like... So that, that was aggravated because you guys spoke over the phone. No, um, thanks. Text. Oh, text. Okay. Yeah, so and a lot it? of miscommunication, a lot of like, we okay. just didn't communicate what our, like the pains are. Do you think that if you had ch- chosen to just pick up the phone and just, uh, you know, like talk, to, talk it through, um, you could have avoided a lot of that. I mean, looking back, right? Like reflecting back on this. Um, hon- okay, honestly, I mean, I don't want to talk bad about the person, but I feel like uh, because the person is very emotional in nature, yeah. Mm. Um, and the issues that the person faced before beforehand, like I feel, it would still be very emotional and bitter. Yeah. Probably it wouldn't be as explosive, but I don't see it um dissolving as calmly as Jose would have ended it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it like personality plays a part as well. Absolutely. And it, it depends on who you're dealing with. At yeah. the end of the day, there are some people that you kinda do have to oh, go harsher. Toxic man. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because uh, you have a story to share about that? Gustavo, I know you have a couple of stories <laughs> to share as well. Uh, but yeah, like we so as we make mistakes, as we start to see things clearer, yeah. always fact find very clearly what kind of personality of the the team player bringing to the team, onboarding, onboarding the person, uh, is the toxicity that actually kills off the relationship. And actually, a toxic person actually is doing a lot of self-damaging as well. But once the toxic spreads around, it, it does expand somehow. And you want to prevent that from happening within your own company. Well, sometimes there's that intention to want to draw people to and like validate that, exactly. yeah, that you know? toxic um, environment. And it just kind of like, it, you know, it's, and it's not whether it's intentional or not. It's all about a sense of insecurity and a sense of um, sort of trying okay. to, you know, manipulate that situation. Gustavo, we've seen many times where my business ship fell out because, I mean, fine, because disagreement. But if you are yeah. toxic and you're self-righteous and you believe you're a YouTuber, so what do you do? You start vlogging, <laughs> blogging, you start pulling yeah. attention, trying to, hey man, I'm being victimized, very self-righteous, but by come join me. So it's a whole form community. You're pulling people to join you to protest out on the street to say that, yes, I'm the victim and you yeah. are at fault. Yeah. Yeah. And well, now with this current environment, um, coronavirus and all of that, 
we don't get the advantage to be in office. So the toxicity, toxicity sort of situation environment wouldn't happen in office. Um, how now that you guys are starting a new podcast, right? For Kazi and sort of having this communication, how are you guys sort of improving your communication? Um, are you still using phone calls mostly or are you using text? Um, is there, are you, you know, how are you, how are you communicating? How are we communicating? <laughs> uh, we use calls a lot more. Uh, we also so, yeah, use Zoom. Yeah. We use a lot of different, we don't even, like not even a normal call. Sometimes Jose will call me on WhatsApp, WhatsApp call or like Facebook call. And then sometimes <laughs> it will just send a link and it will come on Zoom. Yeah, like out yeah. of sudden, like in between yeah. the day, like she's doing one thing, then suddenly she will just receive a Zoom link and she will like question mark, like what, what's going on? I say, oh, I was thinking maybe we can do a face-to-face call, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> then there's a kind of closeness, but of course productive. I want to make sure that that five, 10 minutes FaceTime, uh, we are syncing up on certain things, checking on progress, update her yeah. on my side as well. And do you pick up the call just to check on like the progress and everything? Yeah. Definitely. It's sometimes it's just to see how, how he is because like we both know that the Kazi right now is a side project for both of us. Yeah. And we are both very busy with our own things. And then like um even as a like human in like as a friend, I just wanna know how he is and how he's coping and then making sure that like this podcast isn't too heavy on him or yeah. too heavy. yeah. So well- I'm really happy and honored to be joining you guys as, hey. uh, and you know, have been the th- the third member of of the <laughs> you yes, know menage a trois of the of the cousin, right? Yeah. Um, and so we're ra- we're running a little bit short of time, but before um, sort of coming to an end, I wanted to ask you, what is the vision that you guys had when you decided to put cousin together? The cousin podcast. The cousin podcast, yeah. The, the Kazi podcast was actually, was it Atira's idea? Was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just wanted, like, I've always been through content creation. I wanted to uh, make my own YouTube videos and, like, um, podcasts. So I was telling Jose, like, hey, I have this idea. Why don't we just, like, we talk about, I don't know, we have so much things to talk about. And this was at the start where Kazi was a very, very rough draft. We don't know what we want to talk about. So we're just talking about like, you know, you have a lot of experience and I have like my own experience. Maybe we can just come together and then like create an episode, like series where we just bounce uh, ideas off each other. Yeah, uh, That was where it, how it started. But then like, obviously we keep changing. So now it's more of like, um, where we want to... Then the coronavirus hit. Yeah, the coronavirus. Yeah. I just, uh, light bulb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's definitely something that I can relate to. Once she shared the idea with me, I remember it was in the afternoon, yeah. I received a phone call. Uh, no, I mean, I received a text, but I wanted to do the call because I know that this is something we could do because prior to this, uh, over at Bounty, we did push out a lot of content. She yeah. was re- very much behind the scenes. She was pulling a lot of content out, whatever we yeah. say, the script, uh, how the whole thing has been done. She, she was doing most of the work. And for most part of the period, I was constantly... I'm, I'm the face for those videos, you know, because they need a good looking guy. Yes. <laughs> Someone has the shiny to... head and the shiny head that the attracts shiny head. <laughs> Someone probably be more experienced in, in yeah. front of camera. So I was doing that as well. So when I was in that startup community during that period, uh, there were some ideas where maybe we should start our own show as well. But uh, Atira says she, she wants to uh, do a podcast and maybe we can revive Kazi. 
That yeah. was also another another hit for me because when we do bounty, when we let go of Kazi, we all said that we should explore one of these days. Maybe in the future, we can bring back Kazi, but maybe not the same thing. Maybe we can pivot. And there you go, Kazi podcast. Well, the issue of being stuck, it's, it's a very big problem for a lot of, and the longer you linger at being stuck, right? It, it could be detrimental to you as a person, but also to your business. Um, people go in depression, good people get, get you know, the longer they, they can move forward. Um, and in a business sense, they would usually, you know, get to a point where you run out of money or your co-founders don't see, don't, are no longer on board with you. So I think we, the trigger point would be the coronavirus, but obviously we get stuck in a general sense. And I love today's story because you guys shared about how you guys got stuck at one point of your um, sort of co-founding um, partnership, right? And then it got to a point where you guys had to kind of get, get unstuck. And the, it went down to the traditional way of picking up the call and having a chat. Yeah, but just to bring out that point, I I think even if the coronavirus didn't happen, I think this podcast will still be around. It's probably yeah. we we might it might be a bit of like a different topic. So this was like the a little bit of a push towards like the direction that we wanted to go to. Yeah. 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 Um just one last question for each one of you. And it's the question that we ask every guest, right? Uh let's start with Athira. So what was your biggest um, crisis that you faced personally? And how did you come, uh, you know, overcame that? Crisis, personal, like, like personal crisis or like... In personal crisis or, or a regret that you've had in the past, mm. um, you know, that, and how did you overcome that? Um, my personal regret, and I don't regret a lot of things in life, but this is like really like one of the few was um, when my mom passed away. So like the last, the, that day, I, I remember I was going to meet a friend and my mom called me she, um, on the train and then she asked like, oh, are you not coming to visit me today? Because I visit her every single day. So I was, th- I was thinking like, um, it's okay. Like she's gonna, she's gonna um, get discharged tomorrow. Like I'll just fetch her tomorrow. So I, I told her like, oh, okay, I, I will, maybe I'll see you later. But then I, I didn't go. But she was telling me advice and stuff. Um, and then I said, okay, then I'm, I need to go uh, work. I, I even lied to her saying that I had to go work rather than I had to meet my friend. Mm. So I, I met my friend and, it, and then I don't know, that, that, that whole day I had a very bad feeling. So after I met my friend, I went home. I mean, I, after I meet my friend, I went to work and then I come home. And at night when I, um, that was when we got the call that she passed away. So the biggest regret was actually um, taking advantage of pers- relationships with, with your fam- family and stuff. So it's like, you might think that, okay, it's okay. Like you will always just meet them like another day tomorrow. It's okay. I don't need to call yeah. my dad. Like I can call him like... Um, next week and stuff you know but you might never know when they are gonna leave and then like when it happens there's really no turning back like yeah. one like after my mom passed away that was the last time that I talked to her I didn't even we, we didn't say goodbye and then like didn't tell her like oh I love her and stuff I did on the phone call but it wasn't in person and so that taught me a lot about um 
being there for your family and being there for the people that you you really love and really just don't take um things for granted yeah thank you so much that is a very heartfelt um mm-hmm. story um I certainly it's a very real story especially in today's environment that there are a lot of um people who can't say goodbye to their family members in person mm-hmm. because of the you know they are they're in quarantine and all of that and I know in your particular story, I mean, it's not, not directly related to what the story you just told, but definitely I can feel, you know, there's that sense of, um, you know, that, you know, that, that you wish you could turn back time, right? That yeah. you wish you could go back um, to back in time. Thank you. Um, well, that advice um, certainly falls very true. Um, don't take anything for granted because mm. a lot of time we take our parents for granted. We take our co-founders and our business partners, mm. um, you know, do everything as if it's going to be your last day. Jose, what about you? <laughs> okay. First we're talking about crisis. Now we talk about crisis and regret. So that's, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. quite a lot for me to address too. Uh, I faced a lot of crises in my entire life. Um, I mean, some are just uh, smaller problems. Uh, maybe not big enough to be mentioned, to be worthy enough to be called a crisis. Uh, but there's too many of ups and downs. And, uh, and I guess it's about going back to why we want to do this Kazi podcast, right? Uh, we mentioned um, life purpose and uh, never letting a good crisis go to waste because of coronavirus, right? The times yeah. like this, uncertainty, but it's also a good opportunity. Uh, but yeah, all of us, we're guilty of... Um, certain crises took place, we were unprepared, and we regret of the things that we didn't do. More often in life whereby we are guilty and we are regretful of the things that uh, we have not done, rather than the things that we have done. And this is done across in certain parts of the United States, whereby they did a study across 100 elderly patients upon facing them. And I keep sharing this story with Atira, the first time I met when we first found uh, Kazi. Uh, but I'm Gustavo, I'm guilty of that. You know, like on certain days when I'm rushing for time, my family wants to spend more money with me. Uh, sorry, we'll spend more, more time money. With me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Costly, well. yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I want to spend more time with me. And obviously, I want some space myself. And I'll be saying, I've got things to do. They want to talk to me. I've got things to do. And when you look back, um, man, it's like only when it's not there, then you start to regret about it. Yeah. Um, but true enough, I, I think we should also be prepared for the biggest crisis ever. I think the biggest catastrophe uh, I have not yet encountered, and I want to stay strong. I want to stay uh, resilient. I want to stay agile, stay ready as well, yeah. whether it's personal or whatever take place, so that I can stay consistent on life purpose. So what is the purpose of life? Atira always asks. <laughs> the yeah, purpose I of life Very is deep. a life of purpose. Yeah. I repeat, the purpose of life is a life of purpose. Yeah. So, um, you see, so much of wisdom whereby you, you, you make the mistake, there was a crisis, you regret, you share it. And we, we heard the story from Matthew and we learn it. Yeah. It's not now with this that I've just heard from her, what do I do? Maybe just go and hug our parents. If this is the last day of our life, what will we be doing? Will we still be doing this, still be doing that? Yeah. So that's the question we have to ask and challenge ourselves every day. Yeah. And, and, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a world where everything is kind of, you know, you can't expect it, right? Um, anything could happen. Um, but at the same time, you know, you want to 
tell yourself that you've done, you've gone and chased your dream. Um, especially for many entrepreneurs out there, they want to chase their, you know, something that they rather than being trapped in a, in a business office and joining the rat race. Right. And this is what will keep them going. Ultimately is that purpose and that vision that we started off um, today's chat about. So I want to thank both Jose and Athira for thank you. Um, letting me interview you guys. And thank I learned so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I learned so much. Um, and you guys touched on, on something, which is everything from co-founders issue to um, communication, to how to um, live a purposeful life and not let sort of regrets or guilt sort of determine your future, right? And this would definitely be a very um, good learning lesson for many of our, our, our listeners. So thank you again. We're out of time. I'm Gustavo Liu. I'm today's host. And hopefully um, we will be um, releasing this uh, footage very soon um, together with another five more episodes, five or six episodes with yeah. other guests on the show. And um, yeah, we've got Jose and Athira. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very Thank you. much. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.